That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Okay. Like, winning. I don't know, man. I was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. I have one speed. I have one gear. Go. Because I'm me. I'm different. I just have a different constitution. I have a different brain. I have a different heart. I have a different, you know, I get tiger blood, man. I'm, I'm, I'm too smart. I'm too smart. Blinked and I cured my brain. That's epic. The run I was on made Sinatra, Flynn, Jagger, Richards, all of them just look like, you know, droopy-eyed, armless children. I expose people to magic. I expose them to something they're never otherwise going to see in their boring, normal lives. And I gave that to them. I may forget about them tomorrow, but they'll live with that memory for the rest of their lives, and that's a gift. Charlie Sheen saves the planet from global warming with the power of trust and tiger blood. This is Spoilers! Hey everybody, welcome to Spoilers. We're doing something a little different today. That was Josh producing live. Producer Josh. We were all producing live. That was great. We heard Charlie Sheen together talk about Tiger Blood. What a time to be alive that was. I think you could hear us chuckling just a little bit (laughs) underneath that. I was laughing just a little. (laughs) An unhinged time for Charlie Sheen, much like the 90s. Uh, We've done this before too, lads, where we get together and, and shout out a patron who wants to do like a little bit extra. We, we love our patrons. We did it for Derbs on Event Horizon. Uh, Druid King slid into our DMs. We were talking to him a little bit and he said, there's a movie I saw in college that never left my brain. It's called Arrival <laughs> with Charlie Sheen. Obscenely bad, but crossed over into so bad it's good territory for me. Could also just be the nostalgia because I watched it with my buddies while we were drinking, having a good time, making fun of it. So that's what we're here to talk about for one of our he favorite didn't, patrons. Alex slash Druid King didn't come begging to us with his hands out like some pauper. No. We, we were like, yo. We love you, Druid King. What do you King. want? You're like our favorite <laughs> Druid King yeah. in the whole world. Literally. Yeah. And probably my favorite Alex, too. I don't Alex Cooper. It's got to be up there. Dude, he's still looking for our addresses. Like, I'm nervous to this day. It's like, what state do they live in? Uh, and, and so he didn't have an opening question. Like I said, this is an impromptu, in-person podcast. But I wanted to talk about this because I think we got into it extensively. We were at our spoilers retreat. But I don't know if we ever gotten on mic. Hmm. Thoughts on aliens? There's been a lot of aliens in the news, boys. Stevie has a heavy sigh and a, a look of forlorn on his face. It's so fun to do this in person. I love you guys. This is great. Is it, that- it, it is fun to do this in person because I think the first time we did it, we were, what, in, uh, trying to think here, in the conference room of a lumber mart? The very first time was like the dugout. Remember yeah. way back. But with, me, the, and, with the, me and Mikey did a pod in the dugout. I think it was the solo pod. Yeah, and you guys like would jump in the pool to cool off. <laughs> That's way back, way back. <laughs> but with the pod track, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Green Knight was the first time with the pod track. Yeah, that's when I first moved back. To the yeah, area. that was an exciting time for a horrible movie. But um, Aliens, I mean, sure. Is that when Brett set his water bottle right on the table? What's that? I don't think it was. Oh, a and water I shot bottle. him a I shot him a look. You like, shot him a look when he set his water bottle. Not to on be snobby, table. but it was a hundred degrees that day, and he brought this water bottle that was just sweating. He wasn't just packing water bottles. No, he and was... he refused to unpack it too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, even though I pleaded with him, please, but no, we we were sitting around this table that was worth more than, I mean, a nice car. Mm-hmm. And he just sat his water bottle down with no coaster. Stevie, this isn't 
your basement is nice. This is a nice table. Thanks yeah. for having us. Of in course, here. This man. This is so generous of you. Thanks for coming over. It actually makes my life a shit ton easier. And shout out uh, to your family too for being accommodating. It's not, yeah. not the easiest thing to have a podcast recorded in your house when you have little ones at home. Not at all. Yeah, I mean they don't hear us down here, so that's kind of nice because they are light sleepers. But um, aliens, I like. I think Sagan said, you know, if we're the only like life in the universe and we're it's kind of a waste of space. Um, I think they exist somewhere out there. Yeah, I don't think they're flying over Lake Michigan, and I don't think that we have their ships. bodies. <laughs> I don't think we have their bodies, and I don't think we have ships the size of football fields. I don't think they can travel like in light travel and not have us see it or feel it in some matter because there's still physics and gravity within our realm. But in the infinite of space... Somewhere out there, yeah. But why wouldn't there be one capable of interstellar travel if the universe is truly infinite? Because we'd see it. Aren't there like Fermi's laws that prevent them from traveling a certain distance, from like getting a certain They're planetary... In the, they've been here. They're terraforming the planet. <laughs> That could be. That could be. Yeah, somewhere out there, sure. Uh, I don't think they were flying over Lake Michigan. So, yeah. Fair enough. We'll go counterclockwise instead of east to east. This is a circular <laughs> motion. Yeah. Josh, you looked a little bit sad when Stevie was naysaying aliens. Not at all. Um, I love people that naysay aliens, <sighs> actually. Because you can't wait right, for them Zane. to eat crow. No, not at all. Like, if aliens, like Stevie's saying, showed up in actual physical form and ships into our atmosphere, like, they're here, we are so fucked. I refuse to believe that's real. Like, that's never, ever going to happen. But, like, do, does some mushroom or some, like, little fungus exist, like, on some, like, moon? Probably somewhere out there. You know what I mean? It'd be pretty sick, though, if we found it. But we've been talking about the UAPs a lot recently, lately. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one seems to care very much about them. It kind of just came and went, didn't it? It was like, oh. It's like a celebrity death. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, alien. Steve McNair died. Damn. <laughs> I forget every time. We know. God, I forget. <laughs> So, you, so your, your official stance has not been here, aliens. I think we have enough mysteries on Earth. And I'm more prone to believe in something like spiritual, like... Ghost aliens? Like, no. I'm more apt to believe Force in aliens? ghosts, angels, or demons. Event horizon. I think, I think any of those things are are more like plausible than like aliens, like... Whoosh, coming into our atmosphere physical aliens it's like no stevie that demon in the audio is just uh something from the pod track that's nothing that's going to be in the recording i think we're okay he's freaking yeah. out they for people that are listening there's this like little noise going it's probably an alien we hear it but i don't think you're going to hear it in the recording if you so. do it was the ghost aliens <laughs> <laughs> it was kiki <laughs> kiki uh yeah pappy the six o'clock position from my position, but that's all relative to where we're sitting. Um, I clocked David Grush as a liar right away. I don't know if you guys watched the testimony, the congressional testimony, but like that guy seemed like a guy who was just full of shit. Like, and I, I didn't believe him for a second. I 
think there's a zero percent chance that we have alien bodies. I think it's way more likely that this whole the arrival scenario is actually what's happening than the government has alien bodies like hidden within the Pentagon or something. That just seems like full of shit. Um, I would think it would be cool if we found some form of mushroom, like Josh is saying. I would be terrified if aliens were real, like here, like you're saying. But if like we found like a bacteria in our lifetime on like the the like the moons of Saturn or something, that would be like the most significant scientific find of like all time. Like you slither. Know, it'd be so cool to like live through <laughs> no. that. You know what I mean? Don't to you think it'd be that. cool if that kind of life defied our expectations of what life could be too? Like not DNA based or right, something or like that. Right, or not carbon based or yeah. something like that. They could like bend their bit legs back to run <laughs> and take off into the Southland. It's just, it's so boring. Like <laughs> they're alien, but they're also bipeds. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's really annoying. I just inverted their knees. No, cool. listen, they have wide hips. That's what makes them extraterrestrial. Well, we should probably get into Druid King's uh, request, the arrival, and we're happy to it's do it. It's not his Druid. request. It's more like his bequeathment. His bequeathment? <laughs> what? I think that's what that means. He bequeathed it upon he us? He bequeathed this bequeathed? episode upon He's him. saying bequeath or bequeath? Bequeath. Bequeathed. Bequeath. Not queefed. Bequeathed. Bequeathed. Yeah. Bequeathed. Okay. <laughs> I, let, let's start off with the man... The myth, the legend himself, the guy who was the opening <laughs> spoiler, Charlie. What was his real name? Did we look it up? Carlos Estevez. Estevez. Is that for real? That's his actual name, Carlos Estevez. That'd be so much cooler if that was his what name. What a great stage name. What a fantastic <laughs> oh stage God. name. It's weird that like Emilio is the only one in the family with this last name. You know, it's like, like he kept it, but the other two, Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen, did not. Makes him seem more real. Clock me on this. I'm not sure if this is right or not. This is something my grandma told me a long time ago. I think, I think Emilio and um, Carlos, like obviously have the same mom and dad, but I think they got divorced. I think one went with the mom and one went with the dad. Oh, and that's why. I think. I'm. I mean, that's what my grandma told me a long time ago, but. I don't know if that's I always true or assumed not. it was like more what they chose for their stage name, like one of you was hinting at. Like Charlie's the worst actor of the three, right? Um, Except in Young Guns, I would generally Maximum agree. Overdrive. It's a great Emilio performance. Mighty Ducks and D two and D three are also great. Um Charlie has Platoon. Charlie has two and a half men. Don't forget about Lucas. Lucas? Never seen Lucas? Nuh uh. Little dude wants to join the football team. Charlie is like the cool kid. And when the little dude finally gets in, he gets like tackled so bad he has to go to the hospital for two weeks. That does sound familiar. What about Charlie's performance in this movie? All time horrific. It's really bad. Describe the badness though. Like, is it just because his haircut and his like Fu Manchu, or is there it's something his fucking about sunglasses that I can't? Sunglasses stand. make for a bad performance. I yeah, when they're those shaped on his face. Well, that's just wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, it's really strange to like open in on a movie and you see Carlos Estevez in like a scientific war room. 
just saying shit that you have no idea he has no clue what he's saying. So you really can't say it with conviction. And then when stuff actually happens, it sounds a million times worse. Mm-hmm. Like, he lost me from the jump at that point. I was like, all right, this is going to be a terrible movie. Encyclopedia Galactica. I Declination. <laughs> and there's another thing happening with him, and I alluded to in the opening spoiler. I feel like this movie is trying to, like, give him an arc, right, of being, like, a trusting dude to his girlfriend. You think? Yeah, yeah. But it's really weird because at the beginning, the girlfriend's, like, out at a bar talking to hockey guys, and he's like, you're at a bar while I'm here working? It's like, well, yeah, dude. She can have a life, too. Seems a little controlling. Yeah, but I feel like that's, like, isn't that what they're trying to go with at the end? She's like, just trust me. Just trust me this once. I'm not an alien. (laughs) I feel like there's nine arcs in this movie. Yeah. And they're all quarter arcs that don't make a single one. Mm -hmm. It's this quarter arc that falls, quarter arc that falls, quarter arc that falls, and then we hit the end. Mm -hmm. So who is Zane Zeminski? He's a communist. Um, He he dresses like a communist. He does. Dude, those those sunglasses are so weird. He looks like Elaine's boyfriend in the communist episode from Seinfeld. That's why I say that. Yeah, he does. He looks just (laughs) like Elaine's communist boyfriend Mm -hmm. who gets blackballed from um, Hop Sings. And that's nice, by the way, in real time. Is it? Music. No, the music. Oh, the no. music is nice. <laughs> it just doesn't match the movie at all. <laughs> Stevie doesn't like the soundtrack, or do you just don't think it like matches? I think movie? it's great if we're in a fairy tale, or if like a dude returns home from World War II and he's like in, you know, a Scotland that he once knew. It's no longer there. But for a how would I describe this movie? A paranoid government cover-up thriller slash sci-fi. Um, it doesn't match at all. Mm-hmm. It just it just, just doesn't match the movie at all. I can hear if I close my eyes some Dragonheart in here, like some fog rolling over the hills, but not the Southland. No, or you know, goateed Carlos Estevez trying to say science words. What'd you think about Zane Zeminski, Josh? Would you be cool with him? Would you guys be chatting aliens and conspiracy theories and angels and demons and all that good stuff? Probably not. <laughs> dude. He's a pretty severe dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, I think he thinks of himself as like the good neighbor in this movie, mm-hmm. but he's not. Um, he's freaky. He's like controlling it, of his girlfriend. He's controlling and even just of everyone he sees, even his work partner, right? They're buddies, but there's a definite like, I'm the one in charge. I know when things are important. Um, I think that him and his buddy is probably like a pretty important element in the first act too. Yeah. What's that freaking dude's name? Cal? Is that right? Calvin? Uh, yeah, I think. Sounds about right. Yeah. He just wants to go home and he ends up pissing on his shoe. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I don't think that was piss. Why do you think what everyone pisses their pants? <laughs> I think he just spilled I some my water. Pants. No, he went to go to the bathroom. There's like, he clearly, do you remember this? He pees on his shoe. 
Not at all. I'm going to pull it up. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for Cal. Like, I don't... Pappy once or twice maybe peed his own pants. Dude, more so than he's, that. So you're always projecting <laughs> other people defecating. More than Was that. that. the Rob from uh, Always Sunny when he has that, like picture with ryan reynolds and they won the soccer championship oh yeah and you're like you pissed his pants like in no, real life they spilled beer yeah that's what we all say when that happens i i don't know cal's kind of a loser too so is zane movie. yeah zane's the biggest loser in this movie. i would rather hang out with cal cal's like let's just get a beer after work and like chill and meet up with your girlfriend and be normal I'd rather people. hang out with the evil alien in charge of it all, terraforming the planet, than hang out with Zane. <laughs> yeah. He's a nerd. But that's the setup to the movie is like there's two buddies and they're listening into space. He listened. He listened to space. That's kind of a cool setup for a movie. I got to be honest. You know, like, it's not, I'm, I'm down so far. You know, it's not we're. a cool setup. Finding out that your main character is paranoid from the jump. Well, doesn't have like a a gradation into it. He never plays the straight man. He's just immediately paranoid. Yeah, and I feel like this isn't his first episode. By the way, that his girlfriend talks like, Mm -hmm. "I've been down this road before. Haven't been taking your meds. Had to call the police again. Like, (laughs) just I don't know. I I wish he would have kind of had a descent into madness." Like versus Close Encounters, right? Like A calling. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus has like a normal family life, albeit not great, right? But he, then he becomes more and more obsessed with the aliens after he experiences That movie them. is actually quite sad when you think about it. It's about a destruction of a family. Well, it's probably about Spielberg's parents getting divorced. Have you ever seen that clip of him on the Charlie Rose show? No. So it's like Charlie Rose is like, so your dad was a computer scientist and your mom was a musician oh god and how do the aliens communicate <laughs> spielberg's like well you're music never thought of that before <laughs> but yeah <laughs> computers and music i yeah i don't know and it doesn't help that <laughs> zane's not likable at all either like you said zane is a side character that may or may not be right at the end of a movie not a main character it's like boris from mm-hmm. 007 well, it's weird. Is he's not even the yeah. fir- he's not even the first person that you see. You see, what's her name? Lana, the scientist. We shouldn't be here. What's going on with her, Stevie? Tell us about Lana. Zane is literally female version of Zane. Is it not? No, I don't. You don't think so? She's got like Darfur on her TV twenty four seven. Two. Oh yeah, she's not paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> she's more interested in earthly matters. Okay, that's why she differs from Carlos from the beginning. Carlos Estevez. Yes. I. I. Who is the most likable character in this movie? The well, Kiki. What is that? What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, you know he's an alien from the jump, right? Like that's super. I obvious. had no idea he was. Get an the alien. fuck out of so here! So the aliens. I didn't are... know. I what? Mean, it's so implausible. Just a. An quirky neighborhood kid you see so okay then what is what is the logic of the movie his grandma who we see is also an alien or it's just kiki they did the old switcheroo there's a scene where kiki is watching the other aliens like sweep up his like workshop and he's like oh i can't believe what's happening he's not acting for charlie sheen in that moment he's acting for the camera that's deceitful movie making the movie lies to you about kiki 
Kiki, I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound completely insane. But I'm telling you because I think you might actually believe me. I'm also telling you because I can't be the only one who knows in case they find me before I finish this. Well, tell me. You know how I followed the signal down to Mexico because we thought somebody was, you Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. They weren't us, Kiki. Well, so what was that? That's you, not fun. You clocked him as an alien right away? Immediately. Was it based on what? Why the fuck would that kid be talking to a communist about his life and be so excited to talk to him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie's about aliens. And right when he's going through like his break, pretty much, his, our introduction into Kiki. Mm-hmm. And his venting to Kiki... Like, even at the part where he's like, what if they have big teeth? Or, you know, they were like this. And Charlie Sheen's like, no. And it's like, okay, yeah, Kiki's an alien. So do they got these little flashlight fingers that are... So maybe they got these big metal teeth that come out and sort of... Well, what does they look like then? Like you. Like me. Like anyone. Then what they doing here? I'll show you. I'll show everyone as soon as I fire up the array. He looks like you. Looks like you or, or me. me. <laughs> I let don't. Me, I, let me do more of the math things. It's fun. I watched this movie twice. <laughs> there, I don't know. Like, I guess from like movie logic, Stevie, you could tell, but there's no breadcrumbs within the movie. Not even and like that's a little not one. Fun. Yeah, there should be some little thing. You always like, need breadcrumbs. Always. Yeah, some indication that he's. An alien, but let's go back to the what's her name, Lana, not his girlfriend, the scientist lady. I what year did this movie come out? Nineteen ninety six. I was global warming as much in the zeitgeist in the public discussion at since that point? the seventies. That's pretty wild. Then, like this feels like a movie that would have come out three years after Inconvenient Truth or something. You know what I mean? Like this movie is about global warming. I want right? to say it started to really take off around seventy six. Uh, actually, no, probably around 70, 77, 78, probably around the oil crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, at um, one point they say it's like you can't pump that much CO2 into the atmosphere without it having an effect. Like they're directly addressing man-made climate change in the movie. And there's a there's a line that Alien gives, and it's actually in part recorded by Charlie Sheen later. But he's like, all we did is do in 10 years what you would have done in 100 anyway. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense that like... We're projecting even when this movie was made, 1996, that humanity's got about 100 years to go until shit really hits the fan with this heat stuff. Thank God we're in the Midwest, boys. <laughs> Not on the coast. We're all right. It's going to be coast. But hey, <laughs> property values will skyrocket. Well, I mean... We're not getting hit bye, by hurricanes. Bye, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> you see those markers on the side of the road that's like 17 acres for sale. Mm-hmm. If you got the cash... <laughs> Snap that shit up. I think they say there is like a specific, what is it, latitude? That's the one that goes west to east? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. A specific latitude that's like just north of like Kalamazoo and Michigan when it's like the green zone that you want to be in global warming. So I think we're just got to migrate up a few but miles. But we only have to go, what, an hour? We can stake our claim there. You don't have to be right in the green zone. You can be kind of in the gray yeah, zone yeah, and still survive. Yeah. Swampy. A little marshy. You might have some wet <laughs> shoes. 
<laughs> but when we had someone on the podcast who had an arsenal of weapons to help <laughs> defend that land. There's more going on with this professor. Alana? Yeah. Ilana? I think Alana. I'll double check. She's... So she has this arc. Do you mind if I just give it Go. all away? Yeah, 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 yeah. She travels to a foreign country to investigate why so much carbon is being put into the air. Specific hot spots she sees on a map are yeah. pumping out the carbon. And that's where Charlie Sheen happens to go in his endeavors as well. I will credit this movie no Mexico filter on Mexico. It just looks like a normal place. They <laughs> see each other. Eyes. <laughs> they see each other in a bar. They kind of clock each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's another scene where they're kind of saying goodbye for the night. This is your hotel room. My hotel room's down the road sort of situation. What are you guys' thoughts on they this They had scene? to fuck. Big missed opportunity. For him? Uh, for both of them. Uh, well, just because she dies, it's obviously a missed opportunity uh. for her. But like, I, I think the movie is saying that he's like not a cheater, despite his paranoia. But I feel like, no, you're giving me a look. This movie says it's trying to say a lot of things and doesn't say them well um, by any stretch of the imagination. I really don't like that slow kiss on the cheek that Lana gives him. And there's also this very self-masturbating line in the movie, which is shocking that one of the writers from one of the greatest movies ever made like wrote this movie. Who? Um, his name is... Um, Josh, tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. Do you have IMDb pulled up? No, because it... it doesn't work at your house. I have it pulled up. What are you talking about? I type in IMDb What's and it says movie? restricted website. Why? Cap is on it. What's the movie? Then I went to Fox. Uh, the Fugitive. Then I went to Fox News and it loaded in this like point. Oh, yeah. David Tui? Tui? T-W-O-A. One of the writers of The Fugitive. Wow. Why does Fox News load so quickly at your house? But I can't get IMD. Got to stand the up and up, Josh. He but, also wrote G.I. Jane. And had he not done that, Will Smith's whole arc would be totally different now in our eyes. The Jada Smith looks like G.I. Jane joke. Oh. Oh, yeah. This is the Scorpions part. Yeah, we have it on the TV. Yeah. Right we see Lana in bed. She's about to die from Scorpion. <laughs> but what, what was the masturbatory line you were talking about? <sighs> yeah. So I feel like David Toohey is one of those guys that's really into like the exploration of space and, you know, reading Sagan and laws of relativity. Rel- relativity? Is that, I can't even say that. Yeah, right? yeah, we know. Yeah, relative, yeah. Anyway, and he says this line to Lana where he goes, you have no idea how great it is to talk to somebody who shares my similar interests. And it's like... Or does she say that to him? Actually? No, he says that to her. And it's very just like, get the fuck out of here. I think she says that to him. Either way, the guy wrote it, and it's very annoying. I don't even know if they really have a similar interest. She cares about climate change. He just cares about ETs. It's just a weird line. It seems like a very Christopher Nolan line. I thought, actually, that that was kind of like a real moment in this movie of fake bullshit where this there's this professor who's like 10 or 15 years older than Charlie Sheen. His glasses are terrible. They dude. know each other. They're the only Americans in town. <laughs> Hall of Fame bad glasses. She tries yeah. to seduce him. He has 
he has every reason that he could just easily fall into this trap because his girlfriend's kind of been on the out and out. His life could pretty much be over at any time. He's seen a bunch of people die and he chooses not to cheat Stevie. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he doesn't get stung by a scorpion. It's pretty clear what the movie's trying to say. Cheating's bad. Don't do it. <laughs> Even if it's a hot older professor, like just chill. So much of this movie happens in Mexico, right? There's like really three settings. There's the Southland, Mexico. Is, back it, to the is it trying to say something? What is it trying to say? Maybe that the aliens from Mexico are not good. <laughs> They said that at one point. They're like, his girlfriend goes, "You better be talking about illegal aliens." Is this movie trying to say something, Pap? I don't, I don't know. I Do should. all the aliens step into like a portal that turns them into like a, a Mexican person? Dude, I didn't understand that. So there's... is that no? I'm asking no, the question. Yeah, is yeah. that how you guys interpret that? Yeah, that's why strange. I'm playing yeah. the horror music. That's the second. That's track. horror music. This is the second track from the soundtrack right here, boys. Do you guys like it? Wait, let's just listen to it for a second. Yeah. Now we're not in Scotland. We're in Mexico We're in now. the jungle, boys. <laughs> yeah. Is this the Mexico filter in music for? Yeah, absolutely. There's so much ridiculous shit that happens in Mexico, though. Like, from the bathtub failed ass- assassination attempt. Like, that's so stupid. They try and kill Charlie Sheen, they the, they, the aliens, the royal they, by overflowing a bathtub in the floor above him. It's and pretty subtle. It's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I, anything stand out to you, Stevie, in Mexico? Um... Apparently yeah. everyone's an, uh, an alien, by the way. It's like the cab driver, the guy he meets on the street... Everyone's a fucking alien in this movie, but the one thing I really, I don't know, I was just so off-putting to see him, like, hop in, like, the front trunk of that V-dub cab. Oh, yeah. It's like, you don't even have to show him getting in. You can just, that deck doesn't need to be there. There's a lot of fat on this movie, and quite frankly, like, what good, so. I need someone to explain this to me. Aliens have arrived, thus the movie is called The Arrival. They like to go to where it's warm, yeah. specifically. So it's Latin American country. Yeah. Mexico. Or, yeah. Southern Mexico, I'd assume. LA, a little bit. The equator. They turn themselves into human-looking people. Correct. But some of them are copies of each other. And that's like a big sticking point because Charlie Sheen recognizes like the same person in like a different job. His director at NASA looks like a person he sees in Mexico, but like a Mexican version of that. And then when Charlie Sheen goes into it, he just gets like a rubber mask that doesn't really look like anyone else. Like, are there only like three or four different models of people? Is that what they're trying to say? Or is it like they're trying to fit in with the local region is this just like a huge misstep in the movie i'm willing to relinquish that point no, <laughs> like, yeah the aliens only have so many 
copies of people but they have like it's like it's like on a scary uh character creation screen right it's like you can pick these features these facial features and then you can just toggle the race you have six models you're filling in in a lot of gaps here with that (laughs) but like i i don't know dude i didn't like clock that it was the same face as the director guy and charlie sheen's like when he sees him i'm like what the fuck is happening i don't i'm not following this plot point whatsoever why did they think Paranoid Guy would be endearing to follow around for almost two hours? Like, Paranoid not, Guy is not... So... He's not likable at all. Paranoid Guy, I think, maybe had a different shade to him pre-9-11. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. conspiracy theorists... Uh, There's levels. Maybe it used to be a little bit more fringe, a little bit more, like, Fox Moldery. And now it's a little bit more QAnon-y. But there's something. there's a lot of Fox Mulder-y in this movie because at first it kind of makes you think that this is like a government conspiracy, but it goes deeper than the government. It's not that like the government knows aliens exist. It's like aliens have infiltrated the government, the government and are running yeah. shit. Not only have they infiltrated the government, they've ne- they've infiltrated the next door twelve year old black neighbor, which is like he's like. That's insane, the, right? That's the only positive relationship that Charlie Sheen has in the movie, which is so weird. Like, he's super paranoid and possessive with his girlfriend. Like he's actually cool with this kid and like that should have broke him from like a trust perspective, right? The person who he the only person in this movie who he trusts unconditionally is actually lying to uh, him. I see what you an mean. Alien. Like, but the only way that that could have made sense <laughs> if that boy is an alien is if he would have tried to assassinate him every time he was around him. <laughs> like, he should be dead, just like everyone else associated with the project ends up dead. Like, that's the point of them, right? Mm-hmm. Why is that kid just an observer for whatever reason? Makes no Keeping sense. Keeping tabs. Just taking notes. You know, but, but Cal gets offed immediately. You no, know, it's, really, it's really easy to keep tabs on. A dead man. Nothing's <laughs> 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 easier. <laughs> Than that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, the thing about the whole Mexico sequence, too, not enough yellow, <laughs> not, not enough, enough yellow. yellow. We, we're missing the Mexico filter. A lot of fucking terrible CGI in this <sighs> part. Um, I think we touched on it earlier. Oh, the flaps. Well, what kind of what kind of flaps? Brain flaps. Brain flaps. <laughs> <laughs> the look of the aliens is just so bad. It's yeah. So we touched on this earlier. There's specific factories, extreme carbon factories that have been located in like hot spots, literally warm climate areas of the world to pump out cl- uh, carbon and expedite global warming. Everything that happens inside the factory looks like shit and is so stupid. Charlie Sheen is like sneaking into the factory mm-hmm. to try and like figure out what's going on. Um, I don't know. Is there anything we didn't touch on? Like, like the look of like how they're doing the carbon creation is so stupid. There's like a, a CGI pill that slides down into like a tube. That's creating the carbon. Yeah, and this little like fart of green gas. Comes that's the, up. that's just like the pollution. Yeah, that's okay. what it is. Okay, yeah. I get it. I yeah. see. Pap, you know how I think paranoid guy works. Hmm. So no, I like us. Yeah. No, no, no. Because I'm I always trying to retool a movie to where it's like, okay, I can get this thing to work. You cannot, if there is an, a squeak of an alien in this movie, 
you cannot show it until the last 20 seconds. Well, that's what I was... It's, Agreed. It's yes. like Close Encounters, right? They show a Take little shelter. bit at the beginning. Take Shelter is the only time that works. Yeah. You need to actually think that he might be crazy. Sane. Yes. That's, that's the only way this movie works is, hey, there's the pill. Um, the only way that works is if Charlie Sheen is like accosting people, freaking people out, like loved ones, like... I made a note of this. At the 44-minute mark is when yeah. that first alien, his legs break backwards and he does that huge jump from that moment on you're like oh, oh charlie sheen is like right he's on the right track and he's just kind of annoying people then we're just going through the motions at that point yeah it's like ah uh, the government like <laughs> dude you're so the second that happens so it's much done so much wind all is the out all the wind's taken out so like in take shelter path like we love it because Michael Shannon one is a million times the actor that Carlos Estevez is. Yeah, but <laughs> for starters, like, yeah, that is also a big. Difference. A man is losing a mind over a storm that he thinks is coming, mm-hmm. and like we don't see it until the last twenty seconds, and we don't even know if that's real. Mm-hmm. It's just a really great, like, small contained story, and what makes that really great is, I mean. I just love to talk about, um, was it Jeff Nichols or? Uh, yeah, Jeff Nichols. Yeah, I love to talk about his movies just for the simple fact that, like, it's timeless because there's no risk of CGI, like, sweet, you know, upgrading. Mm-hmm. When you guys, when they use these suites, they have to know in five years this is going to look horrible or we have not advanced anything. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, what is that Michael Shannon movie called? Take, Take Shelter. Shelter. Okay. It's I know what you're talking about. One of my all-time favorites. Just wanted to make that clear. It's yeah. uh, Shea, uh, Shea Wiggum's in that movie, too. But um, this movie could have worked with so minimal CGI. Yeah. Just for the simple fact of, like, Charlie Sheen being, you know, a character-driven story about a man who's could have been either a paranoid schizophrenic or someone who's right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a great balance there. On the TV right now, he goes down into a cave this is at the hour Dude. mark of a two-hour movie by the way we're full-on seeing the cgi aliens yeah. not battling just that. him okay so alien sees him in the fart pill laboratory and <laughs> it's not like i feel like aliens if they can travel all this way and they're going to terraform a planet they have all this technology they wouldn't be lighting off the cherries and berries police sirens in the <laughs> yeah it's like we could do something way cooler boys there has to be some original well they have like guns too like laser guns or something my point was going to be if you're going to fix this this whole scene boils down to him being lowered down into some sort of cavern and seeing lights that kind of freak him out Mm -hmm. and i think that should be about it yeah like i love what you're saying stevie what you're putting down i'm picking up we should not really be on his side in the first two acts even like yeah i think the movie is hinting hinting at that like he's kind of a dick but the fact that you know he is right really makes it so much worse yeah Yeah. undermines (laughs) it (laughs) yeah or you at least do a switcheroo where it's like you think it's the x-files and you think it's like the government is in control then the switch is like no the aliens are in control of the government not like the twist of this movie is that kiki it was an alien, which just makes no fucking sense at all. Like, I think the only likable character is an alien in a world where people get to make the movies they want to, and there's no interference. And I don't know what happened with David Tui, but all I know is he was a writer on one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm. Um, I'm not saying he was the main writer, but he was a writer. St. Patrick's Day movie, oh, The Fugitive, the best St. Patrick's Day movie. But um, 
Christ, I lost my train of thought there. I just... Uh... It's like this movie doesn't trust its audience. You know, it's like it has to keep feeding you little glimpses of the aliens throughout the whole way, right? And I don't even know if like like the last battle that they have at the satellite farm, that shit looks like shit. And it's like, I don't know, did you think, we haven't talked about his girlfriend much, Josh. Did you think his girlfriend was an alien at any point? Pamela Martha Fokker? They're yeah. definitely. Yeah, it is her, isn't that's it? That's Pamela Martha Fokker. That's so funny, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to see if our character, Kiki, Tony T. Johnson, was in anything else. He's in Theodore Rex, a 2.4 star uh, MDP movie as Sebastian. It's supposed to be a really bad movie. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um. So, wait, what was your question? Did you think at any point the girlfriend yeah, was yeah. an alien? Um, you're definitely supposed to get that thought. It's like uh, The Thing. Anyone yeah. could be The Thing. Anyone could be one of these aliens. They can turn into any human as long as they got them in the character creator mode. I guess they can switch into Yeah, them. yeah. And I think this hints at maybe there was a script with some good bones at some point where there's like a a girlfriend and she's already... Uh, how should I explain this? I think the there's like a coalescence between being paranoid about your significant other cheating on you and being paranoid about aliens that this yeah. movie is trying to mash up. And that is actually kind of interesting. And, and there are certain breadcrumbs like in the beginning where he's like, why would you ever be with me? You know what I mean? And that's like his own insecurity, self-doubt, paranoia. But then like... It uh, seems like an excuse to split them up for an hour and a half. Well, but, but you as the audience are like, oh, she's with him because she's an alien. But it's like, no, she's actually just... She likes him. She likes who he is, you know? She likes his paranoid brain, she says <laughs> at one point. Which leads me to believe, though, this is like something like this has happened before. Like, this isn't the first time that our man Zane has gone a little off the deep end. Well, his whole job is listening for signals in space. I mean. Yeah. It's a paranoid <laughs> profession I th- to have. I mean, you're always looking for it. You want <laughs> yeah. it to happen. If this guy is, if the director of NASA is an alien, why does he even let this department continue? He would shut it down so fast. Why would you not just shut it down? Like, you're just playing with fire at that point. I think one of the really disappointing things, too, is that the movie just ends in CGI fucking trash. You know what I mean? Like, everything that happens in the last 20 minutes of this two hour movie isn't like, I, I don't know. You have the thing with like Charlie Sheen trusting his girlfriend, but it just looks like shit. It's so bad. Josh, you want to tell us what happens here at the very end? At the very, very end? Unless there's something that you think we skipped over. I mean, but. Johnson just got ran over. Yes, we watch it live in person. <laughs> Love podding with you guys in person, by the way. It's this is fun. One other thing that I think really hurts this movie is Zane is just a guy that has no other qualities besides the fact that he's a guy. A paranoid guy. He's got a goatee. 
He does have a goatee and possibly top five worst glasses in movie history. Have you considered his goatee? <sighs> Dude, there's one. Does sh- have one. There's one shot of Zane though. That I will go to bat for, and it's amazing. It's when he like confronts the director at the end, and he's got like the goofy sunglasses, like the big yellow <laughs> frames or whatever. He looks totally disheveled and crazy. Like that's kind of funny. Like that. That made me. I don't think I'm supposed to be laughing at the movie. It but I'm works. At it. I feel like there's some instances that we've all known where an actor has a very prominent role or a prominent look, and then they come into a different role with a different look. And it's awesome, and people fucking love it. I'm thinking of like, uh, uh, like Heisen, like who's the guy who's Malcolm in the Middle? Brian Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston going from Malcolm in the Middle to Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a darkness I, there. <laughs> there's like true transformations, and there's like these times where actors can kind of like flip the script, and it works. Something about Charlie Sheen is everyday buzz cut Fu Manchu man is so, oh, and he's so sweaty. Yeah, All everyone is sweaty in this movie. They had no AC on this production. The sweat gives them away at one point. The aliens are like pointing at their forehead, like oh, that guy was cover up, cover up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 cover up. You're showing. You're showing. I, the sweat in this movie is unbelievable with Charlie Sheen on his brow, on his cheeks. That's something that like modern movies, if you look at them, they always try to make like your face is going to look super matte. It's got makeup. It's not going to have like any shine, or wetness. Mm. Like you need to look like like you're not going to see any pores. But for this movie, like maybe that's a positive aspect. You just see every bit of Charlie Sheen in Mexico and what he'd actually be like on set for like eight hours, what his brow looks like, everything. I don't, I didn't do any research for this, but I would have to imagine at least six better actors turned down this movie. Like there's just, who do you think? Who do you think it was first offered bill for Zane? Uh, Someone less sweaty. Is that what you're saying? This is 1997. 1996. Hmm. Who would have been, who can pull off paranoid? Sean Claude could have done great. No, come on. He can barely talk. He wouldn't have to talk a whole lot. He just have to act with his eyebrows. It'd been great. This isn't like an action role, though. I get on the screen. Get the he fuck just, out of here. He just jumped. He does nothing but movie. sweat and run this. Run the no, entire. No, that, but that's movie. what that's what I was saying earlier. That's what makes like the last twenty minutes so bad. Is it? It just becomes an action movie. Like there's nothing happening but CGI and like fights and like things exploding or impl- like the satellite dish imploding. Like doesn't look good enough to be an action movie. It's not well filmed enough to be an action movie or interesting enough and in, like filmmaking aspect to be an action movie. The last shot is Kiki like hips, <laughs> his hips like turn out and he like runs off into the sand. It's, See ya. It's, it's terrible. I mean, it's not the last shot. I guess there's one more shot after that, but I mean, I do love the, I know that you know that we know that she knows that you know. <laughs> yeah. I love that speech. Do you? I really do. I think it's um this movie has a lot of not going for it. Oh god, that's the one you're talking about, Pap. The yellow yeah. glasses and disheveled. Yeah, it's a, I love that shot so much. <laughs> that happens in 6 hours, by the way. That happens so quickly. 
why would you wear yellow like tennis ball colored sunglasses anyway like don't you want to be more incognito okay what about Nicolas Cage in this role okay. like you just take Nick a Cage works. thousand you know what I mean Nick Cage works it does mid 90s Tim Robbins yeah maybe with a goatee no, not with goatee. Just clean shaven and you do frame, but nuts. Goatee was obviously a prerequisite. It's the <laughs> Have you ever seen Nick Cage with the a goatee? The main character is goatee <laughs> in this movie. It's not Charlie Sheen. Any uh, any final thoughts that we didn't talk about? I mean, I think we talked about most of the movie, but is there anything anything we skimmed over? I feel like we didn't talk a whole lot about everything in the movie, but we don't have to because I think the audience we can get enough credit for can surmise what this movie is. Yeah. It's not a whole lot like going on for it. Did we give like a really good summation of kind of the middle to end though? Like what really happens in the movie, Stevie? Aliens are terraforming our planet. Right. And there's aliens. And there's nothing. 40 that, minutes in. We no, know there's aliens. There's nothing we can do about it. Well, it's funny, too, because there's like only like one real conversation about science in the movie. And it's a like guy lecturing. He's lecturing on terraforming Mars. <laughs> and it's like. Flashbacks to that are terrible. Oh, it's so bad. Those angle shots are rough. And just the fact. His belly takes up 70% of the screen. Like, also, Charlie Sheen is just like a scientist, but. He's like, the only reason I've ever heard any of this knowledge is because I happened to wander into this like symposium and heard this guy talking about terraforming. It's really weird. It's the only reason he knows what it is. Otherwise, he wouldn't. He's like, terraforming, and Layla's like, what's that? He's like, I know because I went to a lecture an hour ago. I think what also would have helped this movie is if, I mean, I talked about a gradation before of just kind of a descent, but like, if we knew that like Charlie Sheen had gone like somewhere like this before in his brain, yes, and he was like kind of like back to normal, and like something like clicked it off again, mm. like and we see that decline again, and like everybody around him being like, "God damn it, not this shit again," like that would have been interesting. Okay, because think- then we could have involved a lot of different characters. I'm thinking out loud, and I, maybe this would get like too weird, but like, what if he had an ex-wife, and then that's the relationship, not like getting back together in love, but just like keeping it cordial. And that's more of the point of the movie. Right. And he starts to think that she's an alien, like really go off and she's not an alien, but like they got that's divorced a good movie, Pap. because he's not get so crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there'd be a really good opportunity to portray her as just like super normal <laughs> and down to earth. Mm hmm. And it would give the movie a whole like gravity yeah. to be like, oh, there's a mother figure who's just like, okay, well, maybe have some tea. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Not like, I love your crazy. You know what's a really great brain. drama? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, would be a good drama is if, um, say, he had kind of like a break, like he did at work. You know, he broke down and he really had nowhere else to go. They're going to have him committed. And by court order or just by goodness of her heart, his ex wife like took him into her home. Yeah. And we could see like a great dynamic relationship. But the, like her, um, the custody or even access to their child is like tenuous at yeah. best. And she's like, listen, you can't be spouting off this crazy shit. Like we talked about this, you know what I mean? Like, but then if he ends up being right, that's also kind of, this weird. is so <laughs> deep versus 
the voicemail that he receives in this movie <laughs> where she says, I love your paranoid brain. Dude, what about the one? It's so dude? smooth. <laughs> <laughs> he has like three voicemails. One of them's like one of his friends. He's like, hey, man, I'm just sorry to hear about you and your ex-girlfriend. Sounds like you're on Skidsville if you ever need to talk. And uh, Can oh, I get her number? By the way, can I get her number? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, did you think that the defeat of the villain a guy we haven't really talked about much the director of nasa who also has a twin in mexico but he gets kind of frozen and then gets his arm cut off and i think charlie sheen says like not sub zero yeah god do you think that was cool stevie not really (laughs) i mean it's it'd be cool if it was like an earned payoff because mm-hmm. that's like when those moments are cool is like when they actually pay off like oh fuck yeah let's get it and this kind of just happens dude you know what's crazy and I just thought of this so Charlie Sheen has the cooling tank in his house right mm-hmm. Kiki's fucking playing in the ice remember he writes his name in the ice that should have like melted his goddamn arm off like why if he's an alien like the movie can't lie to you to that extent, right? Like you have to give me some. We've like, noted out two lies. Yeah, That's you think bad. this is kind of like a George Lucas thing where he's like, "Oh yeah, Leia and Luke are brother, brother, sister." Do you think it's like they are wrote they? that on like the last day of shooting? Yeah, it's like, like are they? Dude, maybe you don't think that was the plan the whole time? And they're like, "We need this movie needs some kind of this movie needs some juice." Yeah, conclusion. Like, yeah, let's make Kiki um, an alien because you're right though, Pap. Like, if someone who has like a broken brain. And then get close to somebody and kind of like expound like their thoughts in a safe space. If that person is like what caused that break in the first place, it should be extremely profound, mm-hmm. like in sense of the movie. And what we get is not a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just anger and squinty eyes from Charlie Sheen. Well, it's like the last shot of the movie is him broadcasting out the tape that he has that's not gonna be enough for people like they didn't save the fucking day he made it fucked okay like, but we're like 30 years later after this movie or something like that Close. yeah and we know in real time that even with the pilot testimony and the video <laughs> yeah. of uaps right. we still don't really care i this... thought you to talk about climate change like no. even with like all the scientific data even yeah. with miami underwater 24 even with south park apologizing to al Gore. my point is right now in 2023 really? we yeah. have better evidence of ufos than was posed in this like little clip he's just talking to a guy yeah. no one on the street is gonna know who this guy is mm-hmm. they're talking in like there's no context to the conversation. There's no context. They're talking in vague terms. Yeah. It's like, your people would have taken 100 years. My people. It's like, <laughs> the average Joe on the street isn't going to look at that and be like, Trump card, aliens, game over. It's well, how, weak. How does this movie have a satisfying conclusion, Stevie? Like, what can, given the shit show that it is, like, how could they actually wrap up this story? In a good way, because it's like I said, it's almost the movie has a lot of like climate change overtones to it, but it's not like they're like, well, we got to save the planet now. We got to cut back our carbon either. It's like they're and also saying it's an M. Night Shyamalan's seen this movie. Yeah. And base signed some on it. He's definitely seen this movie <laughs> numerous times. Someday spoilers. <laughs> movie signs. Like, he has. Yeah. Someday, some way. Uh, He's definitely seen signs, but I mean, 
a satisfying ending like in this movie or the movie that we're proposing uh either way like how do you how do you give this movie an ending like you have to keep the basic parts the same aliens are terraforming earth they've infiltrated the government how can the protagonist have any kind of like victory or how can the audience have any kind of like happy ending when that's the case when things are that fucking dire in my opinion i w- just because the way my brain works and i think it would look neat on screen i would like to see charlie sheen flipping burkers out back with him and pamela martha fokker fokker married and they have kids like in their swimming pool or playing out back and as he's flipping burgers, he's seeing like new neighbors moving, and he knows like what they are, and there's nothing he can do. Like there's just an acceptance. There's just an acceptance there of like, this is life. Mm. But he's happy. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those like catch my twos of like he's happy, but he knows like, you know, his grandkids' grandkids aren't going to have much of a future. I don't know if that's doable though, because this movie is very much like a message movie, right? And that would just be like, well, listen, global warming's coming. Just grill some burgers. You know what I mean? This movie is like, dude, at one point. What's it trying to say, Pat? I mean, listen, this is a very lib movie. And I'm not saying I, I believe in climate change and all that shit. But at one point, Charlie Sheen's like, the fucking NRA just makes it so easy to get a gun. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this, movie's, this movie's got like it's a message. full of messaging. Yeah. yeah. Like, not so subtle at times. Uh, Charlie Sheen also says at one point, I look like a can of smashed assholes. I like that. I wrote that down. I like that. <laughs> Josh, you got any final thoughts? Anything we didn't talk about? Yeah. One of the most disappointing parts of this movie we haven't brought up yet. When he's going down in the caves, he has like stolen this construction worker's get up. Yeah. And he's wearing that. And he's looking over the edge and his helmet falls down and it's falling down into like the pit. And they never give us that sound of a clunk <laughs> or like a <laughs> or just a rah, or like anything. It got someone in the visual. <laughs> it's one of the aliens it on, was... the, on the flaps. <laughs> <laughs> the visual cuts away before we see it hit the ground or like disintegrate. And that's just like a little sign that I picked up on that like this movie. <sighs> for all its faults also isn't the most entertaining because mm. that would have been like an easy way to just like give a little satisfying crunch or even a Wilhelm scream for goodness <laughs> no. sake from the helmet. <laughs> if a helmet would have like fallen super far down and the lid of it just stuck one of the aliens in the head and it was just chaos below. It's like, all right, we got something here. You got to hear the sound effect. I was going a little far with the Wilhelm scream. Like, not really. But you Mm -hmm. should. It's just common movie making. You don't show a helmet falling down into a cave without hearing the kerplunk. Mm -hmm. It's a sin. There's there's like one shot in the movie that's like, it's so close to being like actually. you hear the kerplunk in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I just thought about that. You fool of a sheen. (laughs) (laughs) Of a stevis. There's, yeah, there's one shot in the movie where it's like Charlie Sheen's in the elevator and it's got like orange on orange. And it's like, ah, this is actually kind of bold and looks cool. And then it flips around to the CGI like f- inside of the factory and just looks like shit. It's like, man, nothing about this movie is any fucking good. I <laughs> <laughs> can't even have like two seconds of dinner. <laughs> any, any other? What year thoughts? did the cable guy come out? 
I was just looking at that. I don't know. Because I think that movie also ended on a giant satellite. Dude, that's so... F- I was literally like looking at the cable guy's like Letterboxd or IMDb page like two days ago. I think Ben Stiller directed that movie, maybe? That's another weak point of the 96. movie. A short-sighted 1996 thing is that they think alien technology is all based around satellites. <laughs> and the bigger the satellite... The better. The b- yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the size of that thing? <laughs> you were right. This is I. Sorry, I just went on a rabbit hole. Directed the Cable Guy by Ben Stiller. Yeah. Screenplay screenplay by Lou Holtz Jr. No relation. Get the fuck out of here. No relation. Just a different Lou Holtz. Junior. Yeah. How do you think the Irish are going to do this year? By the eleven way? and one. But ah, you had said that already. Yeah. Should have seen that coming. Like, there's a whole Lou Holtz screenwriting family. His dad was a screenwriter. What? Yeah. I'll just say this though, I, I find it crazy that two movies in their climax coming out in 1996 both end on giant satellites. I just find that very strange. Yeah, it's a very 90s movie, right? Like everything no. about it. You know, what the, dude. Yeah, huh? The way Charlie Sheen looks. It's the my, whole dude. I consider the 90s X-Files. like my golden age, and this movie does not ring true to anything. It's very boring. No, it's not a good 90s movie. It's not a good 90s Josh, movie. Josh, this is a 90s movie, right? Like, this feels of 90s. There's no I, moody jazz. I think it feels more like an 80s movie. Really? Yeah. I don't know how to put my finger on that, but... In every 90s movie, I think it was almost law at this point, you'd always have a, like kind of like a helicopter shot over a city, and you'd always hear that... Yeah. Just kind of the moody jazz going. We didn't get that with any of this. It is it's satellite... Television technology was just of a very specific time, though. You know, like it's not now. People don't have satellites in their house very much. I don't think of that as late nineties, though. Like this is a little Mid-90s. late for that. I don't know. All right, let's get into yes or no. Unless there's any. Anything. I mean, liar, liar came out in ninety six too. I think. And um, what a year then! My grandparents used to have a big old satellite dish. The big one, like a, oh, oh, like in their backyard. Yeah, I would say that thing. Hershey had, had one. Yeah. They had it, and for several years they paid for that service. And then at some point, my uncle figured out how to uh, manipulate the airwaves and to just get what? every channel for free, like every channel in the world, not just the every fuzzies channel, the full. My grandparents caught, definitely caught me watching a bad channel one time because <laughs> they just had every channel. What do you expect? God, the fuzzies. What a weird... Dude, place. the fuzzies? You had to be there. That's yeah. the only way I can describe no, the fuzzies. it was not fuzzy. That's... They channel. had every channel, guys. This is pre-internet like internet in every home. Pappy and I would just... You had to fight for the fuzzies. What you got's what you got. You had to punch in the number guys, manually. I'm well aware of what the fuzzies are. <laughs> they were at glorious. my grandparents... Okay, you could go to a channel, and it would be fuzzy, and it was like, press this button... And it's like, would the satellite move? I don't know what was happening out there. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but the picture would come in clear. <laughs> Different kind of alien flaps. How old are you? I'll like, tell you more about the story. How old after were you? Like you were uh, caught by the uh, the old grandpa. We're so. okay. We're over an hour in. I'll tell you the story. <laughs> All right. Oh god. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like totally. I was in like eighth or ninth grade, mm. and I was like prime fuzzy time. Yeah. Um, I wasn't doing anything incredibly bad, 
but I was definitely like curious about it. Were you hunting for fuzzies or did the fuzzies come to you? <laughs> Honestly, I was more into like watching movies and like Nickelodeon. Yeah. So you're just flipping around. And then, but I discovered it. Yeah. You yeah. know, oh, yeah. the fuzzies came to It's like him. the Howard Stern show back in the day. Yeah. I remember specifically at the end of like me, like staying the night there or whatever. I was like, I can't believe that I saw a couple of naked women in like full, like full <laughs> HD. Like that was insane. I hope no one ever finds out about that. And then the very next time I went to my grandparents, they were like, yeah, we went to turn on the TV downstairs oh, or something oh, and your aunt and uncle were over and it was like a lesbian bent over and someone was licking her arsehole and I was like, who was down here last? It was Josh. Was it you? And I was like, it's like asking me in front of my whole goddamn family. You gotta change it off the fuzzies channel. Dude. I was like, I was like I in like, kind of honestly, I was like, I didn't even know it was like possible. It's the first time I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. It's all bushy. <laughs> failures, failures. Look at it. <laughs> Do you see that? <laughs> I was 14, okay? And man, I'm so sorry to my grandma and grandpa to have put you through that. Damn. On that note, let's get into some yes or no. <laughs> also, can yeah. we edit this? I know we're live. No. Can we edit? No, no nothing can be edited. edited on this. When Pap, <laughs> Pap like unlocked something when he brought the fuzzies, I was like, that was a time in my life that was just... Mm-hmm. Had to be there. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, <laughs> hit a little bit of, of tunes live on the pod track for yes or no segment? Josh has been producing, by the way, doing yeah. a great job. Yeah, who's? I mean, like, I'll go first. Let's let's really yeah. get into him and okay. we'll start up the. Um, first of all, Druid King, I love that you're our friend. This was a great suggestion. Like, we 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 knew we wanted to do kind of like a one off. Uh, we had some time. We're like, let's reach out to Druid King. Everybody's got a good suggestion, and the arrival did not let us down. Um. I think I'm just going to give it a no. I don't know if it goes into so bad it's good for me. Um, God, I, like, I wish I wish we didn't see so many fucking stupid CGI shots of aliens. I wish it was anybody else other than Charlie Sheen. Hey. I wish Charlie Sheen didn't have that facial hair and just make me feel so uncomfortable <laughs> with the way that he, he looks. Um, I don't, not even really a lot to like, glean in terms of positive i'm looking at my notes everything i wrote down about the movie was like pretty fucking negative so <laughs> i would say like that maybe there's some good bones in here and maybe there was some like the movie falling back on itself with like um the paranoid Paranoia. boyfriend paranoid about aliens learning to trust but it just doesn't do a good enough job of that so pretty solid no for me Josh? Sure. I feel like I've made it known a lot on this pod that I just like stories like this. Aliens, conspiracy theories, Charlie Sheen, Young Guns, thinking about Billy the Kid Mm. a lot during this movie. Uh Hey now. Uh... I've said before on this pod that there's another podcast called Mysterious Universe. And even though the hosts have gone a little bit crazy alt-right since I first started listening to that pod, 
it's still like one of my favorites and I just love freaking stories of like point of views of how aliens or extraterrestrials or demons, angels, anything. I, I just love this genre so much. This really is like an extended episode of X-Files, but Charlie Sheen's playing the main character instead of Fox Mulder. I'm going to give like my thousandth spoilers light soft Vigo yes you're the worst you love I love alien shit dude I do love alien shit okay it's a weakness yeah I will say just speaking of podcast hosts real quick like I know a lot of people are like hard on Joe Rogan nowadays but like I don't know man when I was in my mid 20s feeling good you know like late at night and he would have some guy talking about how fucking aliens built the sphinx or something oh Marone, dude, that was just like that hit so right. Like that was that was a different era, dude. And like, I yeah, I, I don't know. Like, no matter what happens, I'm always gonna love like those moments. You of, have like, to remember what, like the original buy-in of that show. Two a.m. baked out of my mind. Which was listening like, to him talk about. Hey, you hit this like super smart dude on there. They're talking about really interesting shit. That's cool. Yeah. Now it's about like the government won't let you farm your own land. But it was so fun to smoke weed and listen to Joe Rogan talk about aliens. <laughs> I missed that. I missed those times. I feel like 2016 to 2018 was a great time mm-hmm. for that pod, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, Stevie? he told like to this day. If you listen to Joe Rogan, which I do occasionally, I do too sometimes. Ben, take it yes. with a. I take him with a grain of salt. I feel like to put a long story short. He forgives Trump of any wrongdoing, and he crucifies Biden at any chance he gets. And I don't know what that is with him. He says he's liberal a lot of times, and I know that Biden isn't that cool or whatever, but it's like he t- he harps on Hunter Biden, $20 million, blah, 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 laptop, blah. Does he ever bring up Jared Kushner in the two billion dollars no i've never heard him bring that up one time this is just my little astray shot at joe rogan just really quick since we're deep in the pot it's not even like my falling out with joe rogan just had more of him like feel like it sold out to spotify like that's that's like the main reason why i stopped listening to him i just didn't listen to a lot of podcasts on spotify he just went off youtube it's almost like when howard stern kind of sold out like i don't i just feel like something changed and he had like the what do you think changed 2008 was great howard like, 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 you remember the first set he had after he sold to Spotify, where it was like all fucking red in his set, and it just looked looked like a so teenager's like, yeah. like spaceship, like bedroom. It was like cringe, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. So you think the look changed? No, no. But I think that was just a sign of like the old Joe Rogan's just not around anymore. But we're way off topic. Well, the other thing is too is I feel like this happens with a lot of podcasts, a lot of media too. Is you do get shaped by your audience. Yeah, I mean, it's like you and I talk about the church. When the people aren't coming, you gotta play, start playing the it's hits. The creators don't radicalize radicalize audiences. Audiences, audiences radicalize, radicalize creators, and I a thousand percent that believe is, that. And that'll never happen to me. It's probably, I mean, it's probably why I'll never be famous because I have my opinions. Did you get radicalized? Radicalized by. Uh, the Arrival. The TV. Arrival. Arrival. Yes. Great movie. Also, yeah, we're six years late in doing this because there was so much The Arrival discourse when <laughs> Arrival came out, but we're here. <laughs> so much. We're here now. Um, 
Yeah, this is a um. Man, this we were we were in Uncle Jack's hands from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with this movie. <laughs> um, we were not in good hands with this. No, either in direction, writing, or in acting. Um, this isn't going to be a hard no. It's just going to be ah uh, no. Um, I am the biggest defender of '90s movies you will ever find. True. Um, uh, I think that is my golden era, my wheelhouse of cinema, and this is just not one of them. And as much as I love Carlos Estevez and Pamela Martha Fokker, I just feel like there's not enough there to really bring it home. So this will just be a no. Can't believe you gave us a yes, Josh. For real. Love you, Jared King. <laughs> <laughs> I do have I do have a very quick trivia. And I don't know, like usually when we do trivia, we're not in person. I have like a nice little Excel spreadsheet set up, so there's a little bit of math involved, but according to... You have like a serial killer looking sheet over there with a bunch of scraps on it. I have a legal pad with... Yeah, it's you came like, in like... I'll show you guys the like trivia answer. It's magazine. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cut out the numbers from different <laughs> magazines. What is going on over there? What kind of handwriting is that? Okay, according he to... He showed us the answer right now, and neither of us have like any idea what... We, just saw. It's called being unhackable. Uh, the Pentagon's All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office had 366 uh, cases of UFOs that they investigated. I think these are all within the past like 10 to 15 years since this office has been uh, been in place. Of those 366. How many of them remain unexplained? It's like some were weather balloons, categorically. Some were drones. Some were <laughs> satellites. But some I'll go first. number of the 366 remains unexplained. Based, um, <sighs> when it comes to stuff like this, I just usually like to do the Freddie Mercury number. I'll say 39. 39 of I know it's a Brian May song. Fuck off. It's a Queen song. I know, but it's Brian May. How many of the 366 remained unexplained? Unexplained, yeah. So when you said that, I thought maybe 5%, and that's 18. But I'm just going to take the under. So he said 39, so I got 38. Of the 366 that the Pentagon investigated... Slightly under half remain unexplained. One seventy-one were unexplained. So Stevie, you weren't close, but you were closest. This has been really fun, you guys. Whether you win by an inch or win by a mile, wins a win. Podcasting in person, having the movie on in the background, Stevie letting us come over. Thanks for coming over, guys. This is a lot of fun. You guys are, I mean. This is awesome. Just doing a movie that Druid King suggested to yeah. us. I love it. And this movie, even despite the nose, is kind of up our alley. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was. Yeah. yeah, 100%. All right, Steve, you have a hot take and you want to kick us a spoiler, man? Um, Yeah, so I don't give away my political leanings a lot on this uh, podcast very often. But I do think what happened to Jeff Nichols is very wrong. I think he's a brilliant writer, brilliant director, and I love his movies. 
Uh, he did movies like Take Shelter. Um, he did Loving. He did Mud. And I think with a movie like this, I think our audience should really just watch um, uh, his movie Take Shelter with uh, Michael Shannon. It's a really, really wonderfully acted movie. What was that one that you picked? Um, oh, <laughs> Midnight Express. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's one of my favorite movies of the of my life, actually, since I've been alive. I've ever watched. Uh, Michael Shannon's just one of my favorite actors. I think he can really command a screen anywhere he wants. And Pat, you and I know this. I think it's because Jeff Nichols is probably a moderate or more right leaning. I don't think he's staunch for he's sure. He's staunch for sure. <laughs> the ba- the government's the bad guy. The government's always the bad guy. <laughs> always the bad guy. But. I think he's a great director, and I wish that he would just kind of be unhandcuffed. So I uh, hope we get more movies out of him in the future, but that's my hot take. Let Jeff Nichols cook. Let him cook. With that, take it away, Spoiler Man. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll, Brother Brian, Nick, The Meg, Nurse Stacy, The Wall, Barky420, PK, Spencer, Gale, Swole, Cheese Zombie, Dr. Lars, Druid King, If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Why couldn't you just come and ask for our help? Then you tell them. You go back and tell them that I know, that she knows, that others will know. It's not gonna be easy, not anymore. That was Spoilers.